Welcome back to the Ink Sync. I am Annie. I'm Kaylee. And this is the publishing podcast for the rest of us. We're having fun. We're about to have fun. Maybe. We have had fun. We are having fun. (laughs) And we will continue to have fun at many points. Although, sadly, as we are people in an imperfect world, we are not always unfortunately it's true yeah it's a it's really the world's fault if i'm being honest i want to have fun all the time get your stuff together that's the real promise of like stuff like inception or ready player one is just that that you can just press a button and be having fun and it doesn't matter (laughs) what bad things are happening (laughs) fun fun is had Yay! We did it. We did it. <laughs> we cracked the code. Uh, Kaylee and I are doing our best to delay starting this episode because neither of us wants to talk it got about this. a little this. more serious than we really... We were like, oh, yeah. it'll be research methods on the internet. It'll yeah. be a nice light topic. And then, then yeah. we were wrong. Yep. We were we were like, oh, it'll be fun. It'll be useful for people. We were like, oh, you know, if anyone needs to research something for a paper, it's fine. We'll be able to help them. Uh, and then, you know... Things happen. So um, I'm going to say right up top uh, that uh, since the last time we recorded, there is a new crisis in the Middle East. Um, Israel and Hamas have escalated their aggression towards each other. And one of the major ways that many people are using some of the methods that we're going to be talking about in researching things on the internet is to verify unfortunate war atrocities that are coming across our feeds. And that's not what we wanted from this topic, but it's where we're at. And as a former fact checker and and as a writer, um, I think that we were pretty good uh, to tell you all uh, some really good sources. Um, I think that you will at least walk away from this with some idea of how to verify things that you see on the internet and also how to find things that have already been verified and how to contextualize some of that. Anyway, uh, Kaylee, you said you had something funny to start us off, and I'm very interested to see what that is. So I just thought it would make you laugh. Okay, good. Knowing generally, like, you're an editor, I'm a writer, we both dive into things, like, head yeah. first, and sometimes you just get stuck on the price of matchsticks in 1867, despite the fact that that genuinely means nothing to the overall plot or direction of your store, but you're like, but I want it to be authentic and accurate, and you spend three hours going down that rabbit hole, right? So, knowing that that is how we what we actually approached this episode for i still managed to start off with like if you were doing corporate research or trying to do a a paper and you wanted to have like a body of evidence that you could then hold up in a scientific or academic journal how would you approach that Mm -hmm. um so i have a lot of totally useless information (laughs) that i could also speak to on that topic before i was like wait a minute Vibe check. That's not that's not what the topic of this is. It's not quite our audience. No. I mean, maybe. I don't know. If you all are just corporate overlords wearing your suits and ties and sitting at desks. But also are concerned about how accurate your market analysis is. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> also, just, just let Ink us sync know. podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> we maybe have grossly misunder- misunderstood our audience, and we would want to know about that. Accurate. I told my um, I told my new potential team about our podcast. Oh yeah, what did yeah. they say? They just thought it was cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I was at um a library event last night, and I was talking to one of the librarians, and she and I was telling her about the podcast. She was like, "Oh my god, how are we not already best friends?" And I was like, "I love library people." Yeah, that's so good. I love. <laughs> it was that. great. Yeah, this is total non sequitur because again, I'm trying to delay us, but <laughs> it was this thing that was like crafting and coffee for adults and i was like oh my god yes and they're like bring your own projects and i was like i've been trying to carve time out of my schedule to like work on some of these projects that i've been doing and i just went down there and i finished one project oh that's awesome which was uh, just patching a hole in a shirt but um then got to work on another project that has been just weighing on me for a long time um it was really nice and it was like just adults it was just like some older women <laughs> chatting and we were just drinking coffee and doing our projects and it was really lovely one of them was making a wreath which That's was really cool. pretty one of them was knitting blankets for rescue dogs and it was like amazing i love that and she was showing me pictures of the dog and i'm like she was knitting blankets for rescue dogs she was i love she that was. angel yes 
Anyway, so support your local library. 100%. Yes, as we always say. Again, you thought you were going to get away, but no. Library nope. army rise up, guys. Not today. <laughs> so uh, when we chose this topic, we essentially thought that we were going to just be talking about like cool little rabbit holes that we've fallen down. But given current events, our research turned into fact-checking and verification methods for things that you see on the internet, which is very important. We're going to keep the tools for the more modern claims and ideas at the back end of the episode. There are going to be, we won't be able to work around it, but there will be some references to ideas that we kind of had to come up with during wartime. Um, We said a year ago when the war in Ukraine started that, you know, two girls sitting on a couch in Maryland aren't going to fix this problem. And that's still true in Ukraine. And it's absolutely still true in Israel and in the Gaza Strip. So um, if you don't have the spoons to talk about internet rabbit holes and or get super niche on your fact checking tools, uh, we will not take it personally if you choose to skip this one. On with the show. All right. So, Kaylee, let's get into it. Researching things on the internet. Where do you want to start with this? We normally talk about this before we actually press record, but today we're winging it. That's right. That's true. (laughs) Where do you want to start? Let's just like high level it. Like, why is this necessary right now? So, obviously, especially in today's culture, you have so much information flying at you. It can be very, very difficult to keep up with everything honestly. So some of the things that we're providing are are not going to be foolproof, but they're really good ways to sort of vibe check whether or not what you're reading is one, factually accurate, or two, maybe not deliberately false, but potentially inaccurate. Maybe there was good intentions, maybe the information's just out of date, but you know, something that doesn't necessarily pass the smell check right now. Or three, just total bullshit. <laughs> like somebody was genuinely trying to yeah. scam you or is trying to like physically, emotionally, financially, all of those things. We're not going to argue in which direction or for who. So Right, right. Absolutely. I think this is going to have a lot of dovetailing with our fact checking episode. Um, and so we'll link to that in the show notes as well. That was a good one. Remember that the first fact checking team? Was it at like Time Magazine or something? Or maybe that was the source. Either way, it was there. It was all women. <laughs> they were like attracted because they could yell at the men. Yeah. And then they had like, they were started fact checking the men and the men all decided to quit because they hadn't been fact checked before and they didn't like being told they were wrong by women. Oh, that was great. That's a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. I like that lady a lot. The first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First yeah. fact checker and then she quit like six months later. Yeah. She's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> men are trash. So, Kaylee, uh, speaking of finding information about how much matchsticks cost in the 1800s, how do you verify that? Where do you, where do you start looking, and then how do you decide that what you see is correct? So, I a lot of the question there is going to be like, what sources do you go to in general? Yeah, like, exactly. Again, your local library, <laughs> your local universities um, will have a lot of public record information. So, you could have old censuses since since. I don't know. I don't know what the plural is. Is it Greek? Is. I don't. Sensipodes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I will be taking no notes. <laughs> Absolutely no feedback at this time. Um, so, public records um, where you can start diving into people that may have been doing that job and what was their salary? Did they have any bad years, good years? Do you have any information in those records that could help you? Um, if that isn't available for whatever reason, which, and this is a very specific niche question, so it probably <laughs> wouldn't be, um, old advertisements or old newspapers might be kept in an archive. And then you, at that point, you're going to start comparing. How are you accessing these on the internet? Um, so if you're on the inter- if you're looking at them on the internet again, working with your local library um, is one of your best bets, and typically doesn't come with a cost. Yeah. So in order to find these specifically at your local library, we can dive into a little bit of the specifics here, um, at least with our local libraries. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. It's going to tickle me for a while. I'm going to have trouble editing now because if we just start laughing about it randomly, it's not going to make sense. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Believe me, this is not the worst editing thing that's ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) 
one time we did i split up an episode where you had a kaylee coda that referenced like every single segment that we did and i normally like split it up into like one or two episodes and so i had oh, to, that like, why that one episode was so long no i'm kidding I know. <laughs> no thank goodness but i had to like go in with like a scalpel to like get your like one word references out of there to be like because i wasn't in this episode and like obviously like you were just referencing a thing that we had talked about five minutes ago but i'm just like we didn't put it in this episode i didn't put it in this episode i'm so sorry oh you should be um i'm literally doing it to myself so (laughs) i could just let it go (laughs) we could do like joe rogan and just release a three-hour podcast zero editing and um you all would just not listen (laughs) i genuinely i would she isn't technically wrong like we have done like marathon recording sessions that were four hours long yeah yeah fun time (laughs) (laughs) and he's got the thousand yard i've been in the trenches stare there's a reason that our episodes now are like 20 to 30 minutes and not 60 minutes as i originally thought they would be because i value my sanity so (laughs) in this economy Oh, see, this is what I I always assumed when people talked about like metaverse, like that's what they mean, because there's like six layers deep on that joke. And we think it's funny, but like most people wouldn't. Like what? Okay. Like I always assumed metaverse would be like a button that you click and be like, why is that? What is this? Show me the references. Up I feel now, like that but... would make so much that would be so much better because than that's the what world meta means. Correct. But that's not how people well, use Annie, metaverse. They just mean VR. And it's like, that's just the... called VR, though. But we live in the worst timeline. We do. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Anyway, so how do you specifically find old databases at your library? Good We're God. We're doing great. We ha- we've been recording for 16 minutes, and I think that this is the best 16 minutes we've ever recorded. I, you know what? It's gold, Annie. <laughs> oh, This is prime Discord content yeah. right here. Yeah, that's right. Join us on the Discord, yo. Both fan tiers get to the Discord, but the $5 a month fan tier gets a book fan and a special thank you note from us. Anyway... Looking up databases at your library. So uh, if you have a library card, um, obviously all of this is predicated on you having a library card. On our specific system, I don't know how every single system works, but there is a link on our library's homepage that says access databases here. You can click on it and you can scroll through. I believe we have access to Maryland, like every newspaper published in Maryland back to x year i don't know the year exactly and i don't want to say the wrong thing but it's like back pretty far we also have a a national database that we get access to through our library that the library essentially i believe purchases access to yeah so just to keep in mind so they are again subsidizing these you should use your library like especially if you're a student and you just your school might not have a journal you should go see if your community library does yeah exactly so you could try find these resources by yourself on the internet if you wanted to, but they would charge you. um, Whereas your local library probably wouldn't. Um, And also they may have databases for academic articles, which are not always, they're not always going to go back that far. um, And they're not always going to be exactly what you're looking for, but they're going to have more analysis involved for what you're looking at. So if you do want to learn about matchsticks, but you want to learn about, you know, the social context of matchsticks and the various labor movements around them, you can... Why were they XYZ demographic more than right. any other demographic? Right. Or like when when the chemical composition of the match changed, mm-hmm. how did that change the cultural context? Um, so, they'll have re- so they'll have research databases like JSTOR and Gale, um, and that will just be on the list of links. And you can just type your search in pretty much using it just the way you would use Google Scholar. Um, and you can use filters and be like, I only want to look at history or I only want to look at, you know, chemistry or whatever. Um, and it, it, it'll usually come up with something. And you'll be able to scroll through them essentially just like you would on a on a regular Google search. So I find it really, really helpful and really easy, if I'm honest. So uh, I use that all the time. Um, another one that I use is actually just Google Scholar. So just God, type. I just, it's, it's free, guys. It's yeah, free. Exactly. Not everything on there is accessible, but at sure. least you can get to the material that you're looking for typically. It's as in a preview or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the synopsis will at least contain the search terms that it's responding to. One of the tips and tricks, and we'll have a bunch of these as we go through today, but one of my best ones is when you go to Google Scholar and you're just starting your research journey on something, say, you know, 
how how did feminists view Julia Child? You can go into Google Scholar, type something along those lines. You want to sort by date. And then the first good scientific article you find, those references will be the most up-to-date ones because it's uh, referenced in the most the most recent one. If you're searching by date and you click the first one that's genuinely what you're looking for, their references are going to be as current as possible. So um, that's my number one hot tip there for you um, is check the references, sort by date on the original search, and those references will be even more relevant. Absolutely. So a really good research tactic, don't tell your professors, doctors hate this, um, but use Wikipedia for their sources. Don't use Wikipedia directly. Start looking through their sources because that information is also very, very up to date in most cases. Wikipedia editors don't sleep. No, I'm, I I doubt that they do. I'm pretty sure they're like <laughs> Batman. They're just waiting in a bush somewhere. <laughs> what? Is that what Batman's doing? No, he's on top of a building, I mean. He's not in a bush. Right, I'm sorry. But the Wikipedia editors, they're in a bush. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously. I'm so sorry. I was confused. I was confused. That was that was a me problem. Batman never sleeps, he waves Annie. That's the that's the joke. Oh, that's the thing that Batman says. I gotcha. Go ahead. Um so anyway, I apologize. But like where where did they start? Like what what are their references? If the article seems to generally be what you need. Well, how did they get there? And then what were those references? And then you'll start finding the keywords. If you don't like what you're seeing or you think you need more, you start seeing how other people are talking about your topic in such a way that you can then go to Google Scholar or you can go to your JSTOR. You can go to the library and pull from any of those academic sources or just the Internet in general. And you'll actually get to your primary sources if that's how you actually want to to start your research because you have information about where to go because sometimes when you're getting started you don't necessarily have even the vocabulary um you don't know especially if it's something new or current you may not even be looking for secondary sources or academic sources you might be looking to go straight to the source right um and in the spirit of making sure that we over explain uh (laughs) primary source is going to be a direct account of a person who was present at the time of said event. So you're looking at diary entries, letters, you're looking at uh, recordings made at the time of what you're looking at. Secondary sources are going to be news articles about those things or academic articles about those things. So like, for example, what I was just saying, like, if there's a chemical change in the, you know, matchsticks, whatever, in the 1800s, the people uh, who develop that new thing and like their journals and stuff would be primary sources for what we were looking at on that. Or like somebody Excuse responding me. to how people have been buying more or less right. based on the change. Like exactly. somebody writing a letter to their friend like, man, my matchstick uh, selling days are over. This new right. formula is trash. Exactly. And then the t- the secondary sources would be like news articles of the time being like, we're hearing reports that maybe this is a problem, that kind of thing. And then tertiary sources are like encyclopedias. Yeah. <laughs> so... Speaking of the idea behind a primary source would be when people that were at the Capitol riots were recording themselves and sharing it to social media or sharing right. pictures, posting things. That's those all, would be those primary sources. Primary sources. So yeah. your tweets, your blog posts, any of that. And the secondary source would be the uh, documents in the lawsuit. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Or again, the news articles in response to however. Yep. yep. So, I mean, this is also you are part of history and it is happening all around mm-hmm. you. So just to put that into perspective, yeah, and obviously um, there there are more more and less reliable or more and less respected uh, secondary sources. Mm-hmm. We could talk about that for a second. If you find these in your journey, your legal documents, uh, anything that you could be held accountable for lying in, <laughs> insurance documents, probably slightly less likely to be total bullshit. Documents like births and deaths and things like that; those are much more reliable. They're they're considered primary sources in some cases, but they are some of the most trusted secondary sources. News articles can get very iffy, especially before the first fact checkers were in 1923. But it wasn't like reporters before that were lying. But there was a lot of, for example, yellow journalism where they were just kind of making up rumors and then reporting on the rumors, or um, they were 
they were aiming for more salacious uh, stories instead of actually reporting on what happened. <laughs> I don't know why we're focusing on the 1800s so much today, but <laughs> in the 1800s, there was this thing called yellow journalism, um, where basically they were just reporting on vibes. They were just all vibes, no chaser. It yeah. was like, it was insanity. And to the point where people just stopped trusting newspapers. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons that we saw this major overhaul that included adding fact checkers in the 1920s, because no Nobody trusted the newspaper, specifically the newspaper of record, if we're being honest. And that's why we have now such a high standard for print news, because they know what will happen if they just fall off of these standards. So, I mean, and we've seen that already. There's just been a few high profile like incidents where journalists were less vigilant or perhaps Mm -hmm. lacked integrity in the content that they posted and got ripped apart and then the newspaper has taken a beating a lot of trust in national news has been damaged and i mean that's part of the reason why local news is you know dying prevalent and well i mean (laughs) sorry sorry. also dying but um but sorry i thought you were about to make the point that like the local newspapers don't have as many resources to defend themselves from this like issue that's overall but so you're making a different point altogether (laughs) no i mean i mean you're right yes there is there is less they have less resources but they also do have more uh, trust among the community because there are things that are happening around you so even without necessarily going out and specifically doing this fact check doing your initial like did this actually happen you know it generally happened because you saw all of the lead up You, you were there in the community you heard the people talking you heard your neighbors talking about it like the next day so i mean it's it's something that is a problem and it's becoming a problem again which is why of course um many newspapers have chosen to totally do away with their editorial staff (laughs) makes perfect sense i would argue they're not newspapers anymore at that point if i'm honest they're they're just opinion opinion pieces (laughs) they're just papers yeah i don't know what to call them they're just magazines yeah zines they're zines they're zines (laughs) someone made a joke recently that we shouldn't make fun of zines because gen x never did anything to us and i'm like that's fair (laughs) it's not their fault that's but zines were very of their time yes we don't do them anymore sadly i wonder if there are like homemade zines anymore are there Uh it's fandom alive the ones i can speak to are definitely fandom or i would assume that those had all like blogified Sometimes there are specific like vibes where they want to put something you together paper. Print, or they'll nice. do. Yeah. Um, I participated one when I was a kid, um, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. And I've definitely seen people doing small runs of really? things where they're going to collect them. And they'll like people will, yeah, people will pay That's for them. That's awesome. Oh, good job. Good job, all you little zine nerds out there. I didn't know you existed. <laughs> people, we should... people like their retro niches, Annie. We should do an episode on zines sure. for sure. That'd be fun. We'll have to find an older person. I'm sorry. I'm making fun of Gen X again. I'm sorry. No. Although we could definitely find some fandom elders, I am sure. We probably could. That were, especially back in the day, like the Kirk Spock fandom was big up in the zine business. And Uh, X-Files too, I'm pretty sure. If any of our listeners were part of the zine community, were you zine queens or kings? Email us, inksingpodcast at gmail.com. We We want to talk to you. Absolutely. 100% would love to talk to you. Yeah. Um, What were we talking about? Um, so, <laughs> um, so we I were got talking. So no, yeah, yeah. So, just how do we like fact checking? Um, and then what? What? Why is it important? So, yeah, like, it you've is got obviously understanding your sources and whether the source is is valid. So, if you're looking for an opinion great live your life you're mm-hmm. pretty fine with whatever you're looking at mm-hmm. um if you're actually looking for facts then you do need to one confirm that your source is generally reputable and then two that the section that your source is publishing this in is actually intended to be factual because we do mm-hmm. have entire separate opinion sections now. Entire separate opinion sections, entire separate recommendations mm-hmm. sections, which are by nature not objective because they're making money off of those recommendations. So yeah, absolutely. I think that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Journalistic practices. That's where I was going next. Okay. So one of the reasons that newspapers are generally considered not the best secondary sources and sometimes even tertiary sources is because uh, the journalists aren't always properly trained. And it's not necessarily their fault. A lot of citizen journalists, they're doing their best. Um, A lot of journalists are not going through J school anymore. They're just trying to get on the job training, which does leave some gaps. 
specifically with ethics and research. Um, so you end up with things like, uh, as we spoke about in our scholarly publishing problem episode, journalists just looking at preprints and being like, this is true. This, this is must be right. <laughs> so for those who don't know, a preprint is basically like a first draft of a scientific article, which is, I'm going to be clear here, not final not reviewed specifically being not confirmed to get ripped apart like basically yes. what, are the, what are the flaws in yes. my re my research how i've presented my research uh -huh. what are the issues with my arguments yeah so the preprint servers are meant to have other scientists be able to look at them if this is like part of their their review process but journalists are stumbling on these articles and being like this is accurate I'll print it now and that was especially problematic during the height of the covid-19 pandemic when there was so much science being published so quickly. So quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a problem. And then you'll, you'll still, that's a lot of people's argument today about like distrust in not just the news, but in the medical community. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Where there were so, so many different messages. And, and I'm not going to say that, obviously, I'm not going to lay all that at the feet of journalists, but there were some where some of those messages would never have gotten to the public to begin with if a journalist hadn't misunderstood what they were looking at on a preprint server. So I will say that like, we on this show, we're, we're pretty pro-journalist, obviously, um, but there are some issues, especially in certain time periods. And so, like, we can't always necessarily trust the news media that comes out of any given era. Yeah, um, unfortunately, it's it's not just like a, a problem that we've solved. Right, exactly. I mean, it is something that we've recently encountered again. And it is just a, it's a battle we're going to be continuing to fight, I think, as long mm -hmm. as we don't have one collective consciousness somehow. That would be weird. No, it's soup. I, I don't. I don't want to be in anyone else's head. I'm pretty sure that's how Evangelion ended. It was not good. I is that an anime? Mm -hmm. I never watched it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> cut all this out because otherwise the anime fans might come, come after for you. us. Like oh a, no! Oh no! I watched it. It's not me. I oh come for me. Gotcha. Yeah, specifically I for you. Katie's <laughs> like, I'll protect you. Yeah, I'll be like, uh, I'll start just spouting facts about it. Like, no, no, wait, guys, I swear. And I'll give you time to get out the back. What a weird mom friend move. <laughs> just like, let me tell you about Evangelion. Go! <laughs> Save yourself! <laughs> so the University of Toronto had some um, some advice to incoming freshmen, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And um, there were a few different tips that they had for like... Mm finding sources, verifying sources, confirming that you have the right sort of information that you're coming in. Cool. And it had a few things that I still liked, even though I moved on from this particular trend in my research for this research topic. Um, and so the pre-tip, the tip, and the thing that made me laugh. Um, so the pre-tip was just assume that everyone is lying to you. <laughs> basically. <laughs> And that was very funny for me. Oh, yeah. For it sure. also, it, it was, it was also just, I mean, fair, like, don't necessarily, you don't have to assume everyone is always out to get you or something, but, but assume that you, you do want to verify things for yourself because you're going to then put your own name to things. So, and then the tip that made me laugh, which was keep a detailed record of sites that you have visited. And I was just like, <laughs> what? But then I also thought about that and it was like, for certain things, I do tend to actually keep like a record of sites that I've found like that generally vibed with what I was going towards. Sure, sure. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure how that's different from just having a website history, but. <laughs> because like some things you're like, oh no, this is wrong. Or I decided this was bad or this doesn't actually make sense or their sources were bad or mm -hmm. the data has degraded. It's no longer valid. So like adding notes to your browsing history. Interesting. Yeah, or, like, I don't hate that idea, but yeah. that's, I feel like that's a lot to ask of a student. They're just going to be like, is this good? No, move on. But you know, maybe, hey, if you want to go deep on that, that sounds awesome. Like keep notes on your history. Uh, what did you think of that source? Mm -hmm. um, I think that'll definitely help you at least for yourself to figure out what vibes for you yeah, and what, what are good sources that you can come back to yeah what you can come back to for sure but also just keep everything ever no <laughs> this is how it was presented that's, that's and gonna I was like, be a hard how, pass for how me. you wrote this no but the vibe behind this yes of course like the idea that you're going for makes sense when you're doing research yes you should be like keeping track of the sources <laughs> yes I for the was, facts that you are taking. Oh, yeah, just cracked for me sure. Up. Thanks you Toronto. Good job Toronto. Also, I knew I liked Toronto. One of the one of the funny things all there because this this article for some reason again this is just like an advice blog <laughs> about like how to research and made me laugh several times. Uh -huh. Um so they they had a three introductory paragraphs for no reason. Um and one of them was just on a, a listicle? 
Yeah, basically. I'll send it to you. Um, I think maybe they don't have SEO classes at the University of Toronto. <laughs> um, but one of the things was like how the, the net works and they spelled it with an apostrophe and, and then a capital N E T. And I just laughed. And capital N apostrophe no, E T. Ca- apostrophe N E T. They did an apostrophe and then they capitalized N E T. Yes. The, the net, Annie. Was this written in like 1990? <laughs> I feel like somebody like time traveled. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure some 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 older librarian or technician was probably <laughs> responsible for this. They were not up on their latest AP style guides, no. which you can find on the AP website. Yeah. So we've already talked about like one generally vibe checking your source. Like, do you know if this is a generally reputable source? And this, these are habits that you can just get in. So like you generally can know where to go. Yeah. Um, and that way you may not need to do your full on deep dive, but like you can start somewhere and then, you know, depending on what your purpose is, okay, you're starting here, you know, it's not an opinion piece, you know, generally that this group has an editing staff of some sort. Um, and then you can review the content itself and see one, is there a sort like, does your, does the (laughs) content you're consuming currently provide their sources (laughs) or does it say some mysterious Oracle, blew some smoke up my butt and uh (laughs) this is what i came up with like what no but like do you know where they got their information or are they giving you some general (laughs) way to some data filled smoke (laughs) um yeah so like can you do you does it make sense like the the places that they recommend or indicated in there make you know can you check does this place exist did this person exist at that time did they say these things a lot of that is verifiable Mm -hmm. Um, we talked about that a little bit before and just again, segueing into fact checking, like you can use generally pick a few things and you can kind of vibe check on whether the, the author actually did their own internal research and you can take that as a, Oh, so this person was paying attention. Eye color, hair color, um, was this quote attributed correctly? Um, so stuff like that will let you know if your individual author or content creators are generally of upright and do a non-dubious moral character (laughs) non-dubious moral character sounds like what a what a dandy describes themselves as yes (laughs) i didn't say they were good but they haven't been proven to be bad right exactly the importance of being earnest danny (laughs) i was literally just listening to a hardcore literature episode about the importance of being earnest and i was just giggling as i was walking my dog being like (laughs) it was so dumb it's a very silly play but (laughs) it's fantastic for anyone who doesn't know oscar wilde is my favorite author and he's the best um so uh let's see do i have another tip so your your tip is check if there is a source yeah check step one is check for a source and then step two is check if that source makes sense yes and what that source actually exists not like did this Uh author say that this source exists exactly we've had that issue with chat gpt and ai content right. we need a link mm-hmm. not only is there a link but does that link actually go somewhere or does it mm-hmm. has a debt has the data degraded or mm-hmm. does it is it recent but it's just not there right. okay well can you just grab that quote yeah. stick it in your google search box tell it to go what does it give you can can anything else kind of confirm any of this information or deny or deny. There are several sources, which I will leave to you. I'm sure we're going to switch to yours next. That can help you confirm this. Yeah, so I do have some tips and tricks. I found these super useful as someone who is terminally online and terminally on like Twitter slash X, Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest, TikTok, WhatsApp. I'm not on WhatsApp, but you're on WhatsApp, but you, you know things. Basically, If you are home at night and you're doing your doom scrolling, please know that what you're seeing on social media is probably not – what you're seeing on social media is a tertiary source. Not saying it's not true, but there have been at least three filters attached to what you're seeing before you see it there. And all it takes is for one of those filters to have been dishonest. And then suddenly you're looking at something that is totally untrue. So I actually compiled a list of apps that you probably already have on your phone or uh, capabilities that you probably already have on your phone. So I'm going to start with one that you probably already know about and probably have used before, but it's one of those things where 
if you see, I don't know, an image on the internet and you're like, that looks kind of funky. Or if you're just like, I want to know more about this. Um, and then you don't do this first, <laughs> you will regret it. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to do step by step really quickly, walk you through how to do a Google reverse image search. So you take an image and you uh, either copy it or screenshot it. And then you go into your Google app. That is your Google app, not your Chrome app. And in the search bar, you're going to click on the camera icon and then either paste or uh, upload your screenshot into it. And then it will show you basically everything that is either similar to that image or that is actually that image. This one came up recently because there was an image going around of some people putting on stage makeup. And there were people claiming that these were, they were victims of a, um, of some kind of violence and that they were faking it. And here's proof here is a picture of some people putting on makeup. And it was like, Okay, but if you look at it, it was actually like an acting troupe from like five years ago doing a thing. Um, so generally, if you, if you have actual evidence, you should have included that actual evidence. Yeah. Yes. So generally, if you find that the image with the claim is much much older than it's supposed to be, based on the claim that you're looking at, um, you should take the claim itself with a grain of salt. There are a lot of images that look very similar. There was a, I don't want to call it a scandal, a very minor issue in what, 2016 or 2017 when our president Donald Trump was inaugurated and an image of the crowd at his inauguration went up on his Twitter page, Hmm. except that that image wasn't a picture of the crowd at his inauguration. It was a picture of the crowd at our president Obama's inauguration. (laughs) And so fact checkers were able to confirm that. And I wouldn't call that a scandal, but that was a problem. So basically what we're looking at most of the time with an image, I don't want you, as Kaylee said, to feel like you have to assume that everyone is lying to you all the time. But remember that when you're doom scrolling and you're seeing something on whatever app you're on it's intended to pull your heartstrings or it is going it is designed to evoke emotion right and it is in fact evoking that emotion Mm -hmm. i know it's not always easy to think clearly when your emotions are being evoked but just remember that like i said it's already been through several filters by the time it gets to a social media post so it just takes one of those filters to be lying to you for it to be complete misinformation yeah any anytime you have an extra layer or an extra fail point you have the risk of failure yeah unfortunately agreed so an alternative or just another way or source that could be used for reverse image shirts that i've used before um if you're just wanting something different you have strong feelings about google uh tinai t-i-n-e-y-e.com is a reverse image search another reverse yeah. image search mm-hmm. okay there are several other image searches out there that go even deeper yeah. than the google reverse one um i know there are some that will try and find an origin and also take into account the metadata data is that what tenai does as well um it's it relies on the indexing for sure so i imagine so yeah i'd have to go back in and and double check um i did a lot of research in 2014 into reverse image search options or 2015 2016 whenever i was really interested it's several years ago at this point and then i dumped all of that brain information immediately once i made my (laughs) choice um but it does it does require a lot of indexing um, on their part. So I would imagine there's some analysis into the metadata. Mm-hmm. So they don't store anything. And it is pretty good at finding images that have been exactly that, even if they've been edited, resized, oh, or cropped. Okay, good to know. Yeah, there are there are truly a bunch. Um, at the end of this, I'm going to give you all a, a good website that has a bunch of these on just one page, uh, separated by category. So um, stay tuned for that. It's not like you're going to miss that if you (laughs) keep going. So the next one that I want to talk about is something that actually does work in your Chrome app. But uh, Kaylee mentioned this a little bit before, but I think it's one of the less understood ways to use a Google search. So Google, like many other search engines, is built on the Boolean phrase system. So if you put a phrase, no matter how long, in quotes, Google will actually search for those exact words in that exact order spelled that exact way. And you can use that for multiple things. So if you have like, you you know that there's a particular source and there were two different things that were said, but you can't remember something else. Like you can do the quotes twice and add the plus sign in the middle and it will pull both quotes specifically or search for both quotes specifically. With the quotes around them. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
this happened to me recently. I was, you know, doom scrolling on not Twitter because I've broken up with Twitter slash X. I think it was Facebook. And someone had posted a meme like, can you believe that so-and-so, I think it was Biden, said this. And then it was like this obnoxious quote. And I was like, well, I actually can't believe that. I don't believe you, actually. (laughs) Go figure. Um, (laughs) So I, you know, took that quote, put it in quotes into the Google search engine. And because it was in quotes, Google searched for those exact words all together. And you know me, I'll go all the way. I will go to the 29th page of Google if I have to, to find something. Um, And the only sources that i found for that quote were people just being outraged that old that biden had said that and from that one article at no point did he say that um it wasn't like even it literally it wasn't even like one of his quotes out of context it was just he never said that um it was a an idea that had been implied by an opinion writer and he's like i think i think biden thinks this and then someone had just put that in quotes and been like biden said and it's like bro That is not how that works. Um, Anyway, but you can do that too. Basically, if you see um, on the internet that someone said something, uh, just type that quote with the quotes around it into Google and Google will spit back where verbatim those words come from. And if you kind of scroll back to like the first instance of those quotes or the first instance in, in the context that you're looking for. Again, sorting by date is probably very helpful. Yes, you want to sort by date, reverse date actually in this in this, in case. this case. But so you can, uh, yeah. and, and by the way, in case you're not sure, some people just don't know where to go to look for these tools. It's mm-hmm. going to be directly under your search bar. There's going to usually be three dots and you go to the, ser- the actual tools. It'll say that. Search to, tools. Yes. To get to the filtering methods that you can use. Mm-hmm. And typically that's where you will find your add a date range. And you can even mm-hmm. add, so you can tell it to sort by or you can tell it to only pull things from a certain period of time or before a certain period of time. This is kind of going back earlier in the episode, but if you're a Google Scholar, you don't have to press anything extra for that. Um, those filters are just right up top on the main page so that they make it a little bit easier. I think Google, main Google wants you to trust their algorithm and not... <laughs> Trust, else. trust the algorithm which is fine most of the time but in this specific case when we're doing fact checking you kind of have to turn some of that stuff some, off sometimes you just have to unfortunately do a little bit of analysis and critical thinking to yeah. what you're seeing yeah none of us like it <laughs> yeah but here we are these are all modern internet research methods um the next one that i wanted to talk about was called ground news which is a plugin plugin for chrome i don't believe it's for any other browser but um, they might have one for firefox i'm not totally sure what ground news does that i find extremely helpful is when you are on any news site the ground news will have a pop-up that says the readers of this news site lean right left center i do like that actually it's a really good one and then also below that pop-up it'll be like here is what other newspapers with other biases are reporting about this same story so when one of the mrna vaccines came out i was working at a news organization and going through looking for sentiments about one of the mrna vaccines i don't remember which one it was off the top of my head so i double checked ground news and i looked was looking through their coverage on the mrna vaccines and i found some really wildly diverging stories and opinions and that was super useful because obviously we're trying to talk to the widest audience possible in news and we were able to address some of the concerns that people were having that we wouldn't have known about if we were just looking at newswires like the AP and Reuters, which dovetails perfectly into my next tool. Um, These don't have apps, I don't believe, but you can sign up for newsletters. When we talk about um, journalists going into war zones, for example, we have to also talk about how uh, some of those journalists, their mandate is not to report in an unbiased way. They're there to report to their audiences, which may not be unbiased, and they may not have the mandate to remain unbiased. There are, however, news organizations whose reporters do have a mandate to remain unbiased. They have an infrastructure behind them within their news organizations to support that lack of bias. And they also have fact checkers internationally, so available 24-7, essentially. Um, And these aren't like sexy news organizations. This isn't Democracy Dies in Darkness, The Washington Post. Mm -hmm. This is the boring news wires like the Associated Press and Reuters. Their mandate is to present the news without editorial. 
Their news stories are going to be shorter. Their news stories are going to be entirely fact-based. And they're going to be presented with as little opinion or extra stuff as possible. They will add context because obviously, you know, they, they realize that when something's happening, you know, you have to add context many times, but they won't add opinions. Most of the time they, they don't do follow-up separately. They'll do, you know, a follow-up in the room, but they're not going out and trying to find what a man on a street is trying to say, unless that's a specific feature that they have been assigned to. And you can look at coverage for the AP and Reuters. Um, they had really good news wires on Twitter back when Twitter was a thing. Um, but you can sign up for their newsletters. They do keep a lot of journalistic integrity. And I think that that's really wonderful and helpful. And are frequently the, the basis of many articles in yes. newspapers. They're cited. Yeah. They're cited by others as well. There are individual, I would say, exceptions to the rule stories where an AP reporter or a Reuters reporter will get the facts wrong, but their percentage percentage loss there is uh, going to be a lot smaller than when, you know, I'm struggling. I'm sorry. I had like an, there, a specific it's, it's, example it's a in here. In, it's typically a point in time, like presentation of, cur- of events as they yes. are happening. Not always, obviously, but mm-hmm. like, I mean, especially on the ground as we started this mm-hmm. conversation, um, that is what they are there to do. Yeah. So they're going to be X, Y, Z happened. Mm-hmm. Here is the proof that it right. happened or right. is happening. Here is my summary of events that has mm-hmm. led up to this and that footage is included. It's not quite as interesting, right. exactly. but I have that available. Maybe at most you might get like if it's something that's like a video or like an audio recording, you might get something around their tone where they're sad if this is tragic. And a lot of this, mm-hmm. the things that they're experiencing are tragic. tragic. But at the end of the day, what that is that is their mandate, which is these are the things that are happening. Blank bombed X. Reta- X then retaliated or bombed back. There have been X hostages taken. Right. Uh, these are the reports that we received from this police station. Mm-hmm. Um, these people are on the ground trying to respond to it. That's that's what you're going to get from these sources. Yeah. All right. And then so other options here. So what if you don't have a huge amount of time or you just want a quick, is this true without having to do 29 pages of research like Annie and I might be tempted to do? (laughs) Um, So there are some some actual like aggregates where they'll just summarize that research that can be done and give you a yes, no, eh rating on a claim or a popular rumor or report. Um, So one of those, which is probably something that you've heard of, if not, don't worry about it, but it is one of the more popular ones, which is Snopes.com. And they're very good about, well, X is is not true about this claim, but Y is kind of true because XYZ happened. So we'll give this one a partially accurate rating. I appreciate that they go into the nuance of a claim. Agreed. Yeah. And we have actually several sources that are specifically targeting political <laughs> statements because, frankly, we've got a lot of politicians and they like to sling a lot of crap and they say a lot of stuff. Um, so PolitiFact is a really good one. Another one that is probably considered a staple at this point that would come back to, hey, is is this actually something that, you know, this person said or or what was the context in which this was said, if it is, you know, um, and that that's information that they will communicate. Yeah. Um, Pointer is, uh, I think, the other one that you were talking mm-hmm. about. Um, that's a journalistic resource where so they have a lot of stuff going over basically uh, just what journalists need to be aware of about a current situation, which a lot of times is everything. <laughs> Here are the cliff notes of everything yeah. happened happening in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Another one that I wanted to talk about. There are a lot of tools out there right now that involve AI for fact-checking. I'm on record as being a little bit skeptical about this, but a lot of the tools are simply using AI to organize already verified claims, which I think is more reasonable than some other things. But if you really like the idea of AI being used or these kind of machine learning tools in your internet search, I have a page here from the Journalist's Toolbox, uh, which is looking at journalism's future, not its past. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a passion project from a journalist named Mike Riley. Uh, huge props to him. Um, this website is absolutely fantastic. If you were ever looking for any resources or tools or tips or tricks for doing research on pretty much anything. Even he even has like a whole section on productivity. Like 
Uh, this is a really fantastic resource. It has a Substack, and I will put a link to their uh, AI fact-checking tools in the uh, show notes. I will say, I think that this, again, this is one person's passion project. I think this page started as AI fact-checking tools, and then it just turned into just generic fact-checking tools. So as you scroll down, you'll find less and less AI-related stuff, but I think that that's a good thing. Um, so you can uh, find it. There were a couple dead links I found when I tried it and reported those. Um, again, passion project of one person. So if you do find any dead links, go ahead and report them to him. He has a little quick little handy link there for that. Um, hopefully that's not dead. Fingers crossed. Who watches um, The Watchmen? <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee, did you have a Kaylee Coda for us? I did. Giving back to uh, one of the very funny sources that I found, the University of Toronto, that said, essentially, you know, people are going to lie to you all the time. <laughs> um, no. Okay, Dr. House. Yeah. <laughs> to know, however, you're going to encounter things where people are likelier to either lie or misrepresent the truth. Because then those are different things, per se. There is something to be said for saying the sky is blue versus the sky is yellow versus, oh, the sky looked, you know, kind of green. Do you think it's going to rain? Um, and people can can take words to mean certain things or to, to frame them in certain ways to elicit deep emotional responses. And it's not just words. Um, and again, we've talked about this before with within this episode, images, audio clips, especially right now with AI technology, deep faking voices and videos and images, you have to be so careful with anything that is inciting outrage in such a way that it's going to drive you to act. I know it's hard, maybe bake in a, a small window of time where you back off and you don't respond so that you're you regain your control of your temper or your grief or anything that is driving you to be very emotional and actually come back and then look at this with a cooler head and search out to confirm because a lot of the time especially with current events being what they are um you will see people that are using this for their own gain um and they're trying to get the revenue and outrage and grief and hysteria and fear and hatred all of that drives their dollars and so they're using you and they're using your emotions. They're toying with you. And and all of those victims of this incredibly tragic, awful thing that is happening, all of the people that are being hurt right now are being used by some bad faith actors. So something to keep in mind is just that there are going to be people that are not acting in your interest or anyone else's interest. They're only acting for their own benefit, their own dollar benefit, their own wealth. So just take a breath, take a step. If you need to put something away for your own mental well-being, you can't even confirm, like, then that's totally fair. But don't let yourself fall victim to this scheme if you can avoid it. It's just something that I have, I am concerned about and it is always enraging to me the way that these bad faith actors take advantage of our populace and people that are just so emotional and so, like, invested in trying to help other people. You can find our podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts, every podcast app, including YouTube. And if you want to support the work that we do here, you absolutely can. You can buy us a coffee on Kofi. You can even chat with us. All the Kofi tiers allow you to join our Discord, which is very fun. And the $5 tier gets you a book fan, book fan, and a thank you note from us. If you want to know what a book fan, book fan is, join the $5 tier. <laughs> Thanks for listening.